right? I'm having kombucha, so it's more of like a fermented moment. Um, I'm huh? ha- I'm having like a fermentation moment. Um, it's a fermented drink, isn't it? Isn't kombucha like a a fermented fermented garbage? Isn't it just trash that they ferment? <laughs> That's what I tell myself. I thought you. When you said kombucha, I thought you sneezed, honestly. I thought, like, you were telling me gesundheit or something. Kombucha. Is kombucha is yeah. Korean for you've betrayed your family. Um, huh. No, kombucha huh. is like a... No wonder you're drinking it. It's, a, it's like a juice um, that is fermented and um, what is it called when... Oh, my God. What is it? called when it like is fizzy oh my god i'm just so tired <laughs> carbonated it's carbonated carbonated yeah. but i think that's a result of the formation for fermentation process um uh, okay. it is raw it unadulterated and crafted by nature yeah i mean is it like alcohol or what so in kombucha there so there are ones that have like a tiny bit of alcohol and then ones that do not I forget which one is which, and I think this is the one that does not have it. I think the ones with alcohol have a dark, a dark sort of amber bottle and a black lid. So the one I, I drink Synergy, um, and my preferred flavor is Trilogy, um, and this one is white and see through. So I'm think in terms of like the design. So I'm thinking this is the non-alcoholic Daisish one. Okay, and what? For what purpose are you drinking kombucha? Is it like um maybe because no maybe because uh, my inner goddess told me to Jack. Huh. Heard of her? Okay. Yeah, my inner goddess told me to drink normal tea, so mm. I have black tea with a little bit of milk in it. Wow! Shocker that your inner goddess told you to do something dark, like drink black tea. Yeah. <laughs> your inner witch goddess just... would tell you that. It's the standard tea. I feel like this is the the normal tea that people should drink. What is the tea? Of, what flavor? Just the just the regular what? It's like regular black breakfast tea. Interesting. Is it breakfast time, Jack? Decaffeinated, bruh. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't need no shitty caffeine. Of only I could say the same. My body is ravaged. <laughs> Yeah, so what happened? You, like, went crazy and had a big old grand old fun old time this past week? I just didn't sleep a lot. And as you know, normally I'm good with that. But it has been a sort of successive... So normally I don't sleep a ton um, um, in general. And then, like, really don't sleep a ton on the weekends. But this has been sort of like a low-key, two-and-a-half-week-long weekend moment. So I've Uh had a sort of Saturday... Um, sleep schedule on like a Tuesday because I've had people here who you know honestly it's very easy to stay up very late in New York I'm sure you you remember maybe I mean you actually were pretty good about it because you had like such an insane schedule that you almost didn't have much room to um, engage with the violence that is New York nightlife and I too wish I could meet you there because it is so painfully easy to just suddenly realize it's 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was, uh, I had responsibilities and, uh, you know, I had uh, things that I had to accomplish and actual goals. Mm, you lost me, babe. So, yeah. Sorry, miss, you missed me anyway. with that one. Um, yeah. I got none of those. My number one goal often is just like, oh, okay, well, I hope maybe the express train is running now that it's... Uh, morning time again. So maybe if I <laughs> right, you're like it. you're like part of that. You're right. You're the part of the crowd who like stays out so late for the express purpose of catching an express train again. Right, like quite literally. Right. Like I'm like, well, it's four now, so by the time I really mobilize, it'll be four thirty, and at that point, if I can just wait another hour, I'll hop right uptown <laughs> pretty well. This is me talking to what I think is my reflection, but it's actually like a goblin mannequin, like. I don't know. I don't look great right now in this mirror, but... Yeah. You're actually talking to a guy taking a dump on the street. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I need to look. What is wrong with my face? The guy's like, get out of my face! I'm trying to shit here! And I'm like, oh, God. Like, literally. I have been... I have seen some very... You know, I do think that the later you stay out in New York, 
the more the more you see truly of the city's inner workings. For instance, I had a really interesting encounter once where I left Deep Crown Heights around 4.30 in the morning and okay. got on the trainish daysish, and the entire train um, was actually packed. It was, like, completely packed. Like, I couldn't even, like, get a seat. It was 4.45 at this point. Um, mm. I, I couldn't get a seat, and the entire train um every single person on the train was black and i looked to the like through like the windows connecting to the other carts same thing on my left and on my right um the entire train Hmm. and it's weird that you noticed that um yeah i did because i think it's overrated to be colorblind (laughs) actually continue your story um and we so number one like 80% of the train got off at the Atlantic Barclays stop, which was interesting because it made me really realize sort of like what a job provider the, you know, you know, Barclays and that entire sort of like terminal mall area has become in like the last, I would like 10 or so years. Um, seeing just like an entire train full of people like get off at this exact stop. I was like, that's really interesting. And the other thing I really thought about was how, you know, there's, we know that so many pockets of this country and then thus cities, which are like microcosms of the country usually, or at least that's what like the elite metropolitan elite likes to think of it as. But like, you know, so much of the country is like held up by specific demographics who do specific things. And they're sort of, you know, they're sort of invisible in some, in some way, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. like the people who do like agricultural jobs or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's just like these sort of actual like, fractions of people that do like very specific things and kind of like hide behind the scenes and you know these weren't necessarily like new yorkers who i don't like see in the day-to-day but sort of seeing this city still asleep for the most part and then seeing an entire like group of like like entire like an entire train of like black new york like workers um Mm -hmm. like get off to start their job so that like once everyone else woke up like the city was already like had already started like these lives had already oh i see what you mean it was just a really sort of like surreal image it was sort of like seeing um Hmm. i don't know it was sort of i can't even really put it into place it's sort of like in toy story when like the toys have like two seconds before like andy like walks into a room and they like put everything in place and then when Andy opens the door, it's like, oh, this is the way the room is. This is, like, the room as I left it. I don't know. It was sort of surreal. And that was sort of something that I could only appreciate and actually, like, be witness to um, by Hmm. virtue of my absolutely fucked up sleep schedule. (laughs) Does this mean you're no longer going to scream in the face of every Starbucks barista in Brooklyn? It means that I have reached a a level of chill with with those, um, those employees, for sure. Like, when they're like, Raj, your drink will be ready down there, instead of just screeching in her face that it's Rod with a D, I tell myself, (laughs) you know, Mamacita has been at this job since 4.30 a.m. And I know because I was on that train with her because I decided to get a drink and see a movie, and you know what that means with my history. It means I'm staying out till 6 a.m. by accident. Right. It happens. It really does. Well, okay, so after this recording you should just go to sleep because you need you need a break we'll see about that to be honest here's what always happens i always get a brutal second wind around like 10 30 because that is sort of like also what my sleep schedule does to me like i crash and then like the only way i can stand all night is if i get a second wind so unless i like Uh go to bed at like 7 p.m one night it's just it's i still don't sleep till like two god what do i do what do i do to fix myself i don't even know man i don't even know (laughs) i read so many like gnarly drug memoirs and like i'll be reading like you know these horror stories and be like oh god like jesus like i'm you know i'm so grateful that like i was like lucky enough to be born just by chance into a life that did not allow this shit for me and then i'll get to a page where like they're describing their sleep schedule and i'm just like "Mm, well (laughs) um 
this sounds like I'll just be reading it like Jesus Christ, a bodega at oh three thirty. Um, yeah, yeah. that's oh. or they'll be like I stepped out of the club and the sun was about to like come up and I'm like oh God oh wait I I think I've been there. Um, eh, well it's not that right. bad. Like immediately I'm just like jeez eh, and I see too much of myself in them. It's just like me with the cult leaders. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Holy. Uh, holy. What, holy was hell. hell. Yes. I keep seeing myself in despicable characters. Why is it that when I see like, like Malala or whatever, I'm like, I don't see an ounce of myself in here. But then I'm reading Cat Martinell's like cracked out ass memoir, and I'm like, I've been there and I've done that. Like, ugh. Yeah. Well, look. That's why you just need a night in. Don't go anywhere. Record this podcast. Watch a couple reruns of your favorite television program and and uh you know you're right pop in an anna nicole smith show rerun um right bundle up with just the classics just the classics yeah totally my own little private nick and night a newlyweds moment um oh you know just kind of just have a second you're right i need it wear eight sweaters so i look cozy even though it's really getting warm so it's really just about looking Mm. cozy and not actually being it um, it's true. I just need to find my spiritual center. Um, I think you're right. By the way, this is episode 77? Mm. Eight. <laughs> Eight? Pretty positive it's 78, dude. Did you just say I'm paused? Triggered. Um, <laughs> how can I check? <laughs> what are numbers? You can you explain what numbers are to me? <laughs> yeah, it's like a way to count. Okay, back up, Basically. back up, back up. Um, it's actually 77, Oh, wait, Jack. it is 77. You're right. You're gaslighting me because you're... you know I'm exhausted and will believe anything. You're right. For instance, that one time I pulled an all-nighter and gave you my social security number because you quote-unquote needed it. Yeah. yeah. That was messed up, and I didn't forget, clearly, even though I was asleep the entire time. The violence of it. Well, it is... It is episode 77. You were correct. That's and today we have a lot numbers. to discuss. Two lucky numbers. Two lucky numbers. And, uh, I mean, today, on today's show, we're going to be talking about what, Rod? We're going to be talking, um, we're going to have a quick sort of um, recap of our favorite um, American drama of the past season, which is, of course, um, the series finale of the healthcare bill. That was a treat to see what went down there. We're going to quickly talk about that. going to talk about your boy, Alex We're gonna have Jones. A post- who yeah, really, postmortem on Pizzagate. Yeah, who really threw us a curveball by putting an end to one of the, you know, stories that really got me into politics. You know, I will say that was sort of <laughs> really tripped me up. I felt like I was onto something regarding Pizzagate. Mm. And now the architect of my passion is just telling me that my work is all for naught. Hmm. Interesting. Really? Looks like the cosmic cruelty of life strikes again. Thoughts? We'll get to it. Um, Yeah. And then we're going to talk about um, the season slash, I hope, series finale of HBO's Big Little Lies, which is the story of um, what goes on in my head all the time, pretty much. That show is (laughs) what's happening in my head. It's your wet dream. It's my wet dream, literally. When I, like, climax, it's quite literally just, like, the waves crashing in big little lies and someone like looking over their shoulder. Like anytime I'm at a bodega and like sneak a look like over an aisle at someone with like smoky eyes, I'm like living my own big little lies moment at all my fucking times. That's just me. Um, cool. And we're going to talk about a couple other things, but those are the big things. Okay, but let's talk about Pizzagate because I, I forget if I talked about it on this podcast, but um, when I was in Washington, D.C., for the March on Washington or whatever, the Women's March, sorry. Yeah. Um, I did stop by the Ping Pong Comet Pizza Place. Yeah, and you got me a shirt. I got you a t-shirt. You got it in the mail, finally. Wear it, wear it all the time. Do you like it? Love it. Obsessed. Um, I got myself a little cute little tote. And by little, I mean it's literally huge. It's like a very large tote, and I don't know how to use it. Um, and <laughs> while I was there... You bet your sweet ass I was sniffing. What? I was sniffing oh, around. Oh, like sniffing around? Yes. Okay. You bet your sweet ass I had my nose up a couple kids' cheeks. And what'd you find? Um, What I found is one, they don't wipe properly. A trend. <laughs> uh. 
And secondly, I found nothing. No. Which made me livid. However, explain this to me. Why is it that okay. all the kids at this place are always like over the top performing joy? Always smiling, like real like fake as fuck? Like why exactly? If not because they're being told to by their mm-hmm. pedophilic elders. I think it's just because the children have unbridled joy for being at a pizza slash ping pong establishment. Um, I think you forgot a third slash, Jack. What's the third thing this place what? does? What? Um, oh, I don't know. Just a child prostitution ring? A syndicate, if you will? But, no, it doesn't. But the guy who, like, started that, he, like, said it never happened. I don't need so. to hear that right now. I felt like I was onto something. For instance, as I was sniffing around... I saw two, like, little kids' shoes just, like, on a chair next to a kid. Like, okay, why did he have his shoes off? Can you tell me that? Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes kids take their shoes off. Mm, yeah, kids do. Or Raul, their crime leader, well, who's really their pimp. Okay, well, look. This is, this is, the, this is an article... From the Washington Post, who I know, look, they're questionable. But let me read you a couple quotes from one of the most famous peddlers of this conspiracy theory, Mr. Alex Jones. AJ, no he says, AJ, you boy. He says, quote, I made comments about Mr. Elefantis, the owner of Common Pizza, Common Ping Pong, that in hindsight I regret and for which I apologize to him. We relied on third-party accounts of alleged activities and conduct at the restaurant. We also relied on accounts of two reporters who are no longer with us. To my knowledge today, neither Mr. Elephantus nor his restaurant, Comet Ping Pong, were involved in any human trafficking, as was part of the theories about Pizzagate. End quote. Hmm. Interesting. Now, that would be satisfying for old Rod from, let's say, three episodes ago, but I don't know if you know this. I'm a vigilant conservative now, Jack. Right, Um, right. I forgot. You're rebranding. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm a prominent member of the alt-right. My people quite literally need me to speak out. Um, You're right. And because we actually have a lack of speakers now, because um, our Chica Tomi is no longer the face of our program, I did offer kindly to take on her mantle, so... I'm going to try to really channel her when I say, Really, Alex Jones? Here's the way the pizza crumbles. Why don't you knead the dough of your own lies? Okay? Because you don't pepper owe me an explanation. Wow, all those puns were so good. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, But this really isn't about puns. It's about um, politics. It does seem like everyone's jumping off of the crazy the crazy bandwagon. What's going on? Right? That was a short-lived moment. That was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Was being I mean, like, like how do you Was being like a crazy right-wing conspiracy theory nut job like pretty much the equi- like 2017 equivalent of being in like an indie band in the early 2000s? Yeah, I don't I don't really understand like what why everyone's jumping off all of a sudden. Yeah, right right when I get to the party. By the way, yeah. Late as usual. I mean, usual. this is just a bigger void for you to fill. It's true, and I and 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 what happens when there's a bigger space? You got to talk louder. Got to be broader. Got to be bigger. That's why I'm launching a campaign that says everyone who eats pizza is a rapist. Thoughts? You could start that campaign. You bet your sweet ass I will. Why is it that a pizza low key looks like a the space, the negative space between like a crotch and like two thighs meeting, kind of like the triangular. Like think about it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh-huh. you see it. I think we okay. all see it. I th- the real I think question is that one. did Alex Jones mean for this thing to snowball into what it became, or was he just like, oh, while it was happening? Because the fact that well, he like, issued an apology is as if there was suddenly profound evidence that disproved yeah. the lack of evidence there <laughs> always was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because this is a guy who still currently believes that the Sandy Hook shooting was 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 perpetrated by the government. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if he, like, all of a sudden, like, 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe he got paid off by somebody. Like, truly, for him to be like, it has come to my attention that the napkins I had that had a lot of facts on them were actually scribbles from a mentally challenged intern. So, no, I do not currently have any real evidence about this case. Like, babe, what exactly did you have before that is now being challenged? Like, quite literally, like, the Pizzagate discussion consists of the exact same amount of information now as it did nine months ago. <laughs> like, like, nothing has changed. He's it is an crazy. odd thing to back off of. Right? Yeah. It's almost like making me curious about what is happening to Alex Jones. Like, this story has now just, like, true detective itself, where it's like, um, like, maybe, like, the actual, like, syndicate that we're paying attention to is not the thing to worry about but the bigger shadow syndicate that controls this thing you know what i mean time to zoom out buddy it's weird because like he occupies this odd space where like soup you know how like crazy crazy liberal people think like 9-11 was an inside job i was gonna say i was gonna say that this is not a right-wing exclusive reaction to assume everything's an inside job yeah, so it, it, he's just like this. So it's just weird now. He like so he takes piece of gate, gate off of the things that he knows for a fact happened. Right. But like nine eleven still there, and Sandy Hook still there, and like I'm sure he thinks like Fukushima was like an inside job. One hundred percent. He's just a very odd. His brand is so weird. I don't even. I mean, is he trying to like become a credible? media person now i don't know i don't know does he just want to show where he investigates different conspiracy theories like literally like what is what is his game here because i'm not following like it makes no sense to me and i don't know what to do about it yeah there was like a 20 minute period where i was like maybe this could have happened and then immediately he's like here's the evidence holds him up he's a pizza he took a bite of like thoughts like um Like, you absolutely lost yeah. me. I know, but you know what? Liberals do it, too. Where like, the minute um, Trump does any... Like, my least favorite thing, which it's not always wrong, but when people are like, hmm, just another distraction from old Donald to hide yeah. the fact that this is what he was doing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what? Passing this executive order <laughs> that literally everyone was covering? Yeah. Like, you my lunatic. Thing, yeah. Yeah, my favorite thing is people giving credit to Donald Trump for being, like, so highly, like, to th- be thinking that far ahead. Right. When, like, really he's just reacting to what he's watching on Fox. Right. <laughs> like, you guys, we need to understand what we're dealing with here. This is a right. criminal mastermind who knows to throw a ball this way so he can do something that way. And it's like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure this bitch's hair is, like, constantly flying off. And the only thing he's thinking about is when he's going to, like, golf next. Like, I don't think he's ever saying anything on Twitter to distract. And, like, maybe your ass needs to be a little bit more vigilant and read every story. Like, these people are always so crazy. Like, while he tweeted this, did you actually know that he was getting rid of your health care? Did you know that? And it's like, yep, that's been going on for like a year and a half. I've been very hyper aware. Like, really, did you know that? Like, I can't. <laughs> well, the healthcare thing we don't need to worry about because that shit got defeated. I mean, what a thrive. Like, what a light thrive that I'm still basking in the glow of. I don't think we're really like out of the woods yet, but it is, it's a brutal blow. It's a devastating blow that makes me so happy. Let me just make this clear i don't know the only thing i know is that it was defeated i couldn't tell you the details about the american the american health care act which was the one that they're trying to like repeal replace obamacare with yeah it was it, it was but also no, the, the sub the sub name of it was the greatest health care bill in the world right like I did mean, you that's very like, on brand. like very on brand like the hubris of it yeah. no the yeah. the actual what makes the healthcare bill situation so hilarious and also so scary is that the main reason that it failed was because a plethora of republicans demanded that it be much more exacting in just how much of the original bill it guts so like during the actual pathetic um, pleading for people to, like, sign off on it um, or to, like, get the votes in order to enact it, um, it became clear that, like, Paul Ryan bafflingly was, like, 
a relative moderate in relation to these Republicans that were like, actually, I think that, like, any pre-existing condition is reason enough to up a price. Like, the Freedom Caucus, which is, like, the group of, like, the House, um, what is it, the the Congressional Conservatives and also, like, tons of Libertarian um, Republicans were the ones who, like, pretty much, like, aided in the killing of the bill. I mean, every, obviously, like, every Democrat pretty much voted no. Um, And then all of these Freedom Caucus members who are, like, extreme right-wingers whose vote uh, like, Ryan can't get. Enough. Yeah, they, they sort of like created uh, this other gap that they couldn't fill because this bill literally, as awful it, as it was, for an entire segment of the Republicans who are very rich and have always had money, like, just basically didn't think it was cruel enough. It's, oh, a, no. it's crazy. It was so gnarly. So if this comes back, the notion would have to be that it's going to be so gnarly to get their votes. Like, they know for a fact that Democrats are never going to like vote on any sort of on any sort of, um, what is it, replacement bill, unless it's actively yeah. better. And now they're probably just going to pass a bill to repeal Obamacare instead of even, like, replace it with anything. I don't know if it'll really, how much success they'll have with that. But um, that was a crazy well, moment when Paul Ryan has to be the most rational, level-headed, decent yeah. human in a room. Well, you know, like, two months ago when there were all those, like, video clips of Republican congressmen and senators, like, holding town hall meetings? yes. And, like, everyone was so super pissed yeah. because of, like, the healthcare stuff. I mean, I think, like, I think hopefully people are starting to realize, like, having affordable healthcare for everybody is, like, super important. I think so, and for I, sure. And, like, I think a lot of the, I, I think a lot of the, like, I don't even know if you'd call, I, maybe you'd call it propaganda, but just people not understanding that, that. Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act are the same thing. That's like a the like horror you, you'd see of people, that. Yeah, you'd see people say like Obamacare sucks, repeal Obamacare, and then and then like this would be like a Facebook thread or whatever, and then like under it in the comments it would be like, well, I have the Affordable Care Act, I don't use Obamacare, right? It's like, and you just uh, want to be like baby doll, but you also have yeah. like a lot of people who want the bill, they want Obamacare to fail because in their minds they're going to be their health insurance is coming back through the jobs that they're being promised they're going to get again and that they don't realize aren't coming back. Like, you do have, like, a lot of people who are misinformed because the Republicans are so good at, like, that strategy of of retitling and, like, reconfiguring and misinformation. But there's also, like, a ton of, like, you know, these people in, like, coal country who actually do understand what's going on and aren't worried because their coal jobs are allegedly coming back and going to reinsure them and, like, you know, in a good healthcare plan created by, or, like, given to them by their employers. And they don't know that, like, these jobs are not coming back. And, like, the only thing keeping your, like, dusty old ass alive is this bill. I mean, like, it's crazy. The optics of, like, people voting against their best interests has pretty much been, like, the the, the <laughs> image of the right wing for the it's last, so like, 10, 20 years. Yeah. So this is, like, the most extreme version. It's like, I have a fake lung, and these two arms are actually cabbages. And no, I don't want Obamacare. And it's like, you're a fucking lunatic. Like These two arms are actually cabbages. Yeah, I saw that on MSNBC for sure. My head is actually a pumpkin with a voice box put inside, and I still don't want Republican health care. The tape, like, stops. Like, please flip the tape. I mean... Well, look, I think we'll be fine, and... I mean, yeah, people have healthcare. It's chill. What about you? What healthcare are you on? You're currently in between jobs. Yeah, um, but I still have, like, because empl- like, it's nice because even if you like lose your job, like I did, they kind of like say, "Oh, that sucks," and then they they give you like a severance package, and so the healthcare that I was on is still like included in my severance package. Oh, Jesus Although Christ! Yeah, so I'm gonna have I'm gonna have uh, healthcare coverage at least until the end of May. But then after that, if it fails, then I'm gonna have to like figure out something else. This is really the the MacBook Pro of healthcare benefits, where it's like, yeah, I still got it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, thanks to Obamacare, like you can probably get on Medicaid as like an in between period, and also. But if I don't, if I don't have a job by the end of May, I might kill myself. So. Right, Look right, right. That. So then you won't really have much to worry about at all. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, just make sure you tell me if you're going to do it so we can really do like a sweeps week situation. Yeah, totally. Um, I'd record it. Like we're but recording yeah. live from the top of the Sears Tower. Jack, thoughts? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so healthcare bill, a beautiful blow and hopefully it creates a domino effect for the failures of their like dumbass tax cuts. I mean, we're about to... Um, what is it? The, not the budget. I can't believe the debt ceiling. We're about to have another debate about the debt ceiling and the budget again in like a week. So that's going to be a treat. Um, can't wait for that train wreck. Yeah, really can. And also this Friday, I believe is the decision on whether or not they're going to confirm, um, Gorsuch into the Supreme court. And as of right now, it seems like the Republicans have enough votes to to filibuster the vote, even though the right, yeah, the Dems, but the right, yeah. What did I say? The Republicans? Yeah, you did. What's the difference, really? No. Um, <laughs> but apparently the Republicans are, like, trying to pass some congressional law that allows them to, like, bypass the entire voting process and just swear him in without them. I don't know. These these people are such a nightmare. I want... I yeah. can't. I really, 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 really can't. I'm trying to create a list well, of, like, every Repu- powerful Republicans, like, like, the job that they deserve in an alternate universe to actually be doing. And it's an on... That'd be a funny BuzzFeed list. I think it'd be a good BuzzFeed list, too. As of right now, my big one is that Paul Ryan should actually be the overly serious manager of a TGI Fridays in, like, Cincinnati. (laughs) Like, who takes his job, like, a little too serious, and he's like, Patricia, the curly fries are actually meant to be spread out, not piled. Like, that's, like, the thing I see with his stupid little squished face. Um... (laughs) And, well, and Mike Pence to me just looks like a really mean dad of like a hot girl. So I don't know if that's a job, but I feel like the hottest girl in school who's like head cheerleader and actually like really sweet, like he's the dad who opens the door and is like, well, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, what are your intentions? Yeah. What are your intentions with my daughter? Like we're going to a movie. Like if you touch her, you're going to have nine fingers. Like, okay. <laughs> um, well, Hopefully, to take your mind off of it, uh, you've been watching the hit HBO series, Big Little Lies. Boy, have I. Starring Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and Laura Dern. And, say her name. uh, I know. Shailene Woodley? Yes. And? Oh. Uh... Uh, um, Biling? Um, close. Me in a wig. Oh, right. Remember I me? I you in a wig and Biling all the time. I, they're heinously similar. Like, there's right. nothing big about this little lie. <laughs> My, the line that got cut from every episode. Where I am actually, I keep pushing the women aside to get my kid from school during pickup. And the kid is also played by me on my knees wearing like sneakers. Yeah. Like the car's (laughs) waiting. We got to go. This lie's looking a little big to me. I can't believe you didn't, I can't believe your part was like left on the cutting room floor. It's fucked up. That's a mistake. It's really fucked up. Like, the things I did for that role, I'm not even going to list them because there are people I respect listening to this podcast, but I got on my knees and not just to beg, let's say that. And if they told me that every single scene that I was in, which I gave my all, by the way, was going to be cut, Mm. no, I probably wouldn't have, like, let's just say I wouldn't have brought an eggplant to a quote-unquote business meeting. No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have. But you know what? That's the business. Outside of, if you can, like, separate your personal interests in the series. Right. And just talk about, like, what you thought of it. Right, just, like, kind of approach it as, like, objectively as someone who wasn't involved. Because, honestly, technically I wasn't. But, um. You weren't. Yes. So, Big Little Lies is based on on a book. Actually, wait, quick pause. So, like, do you know, have you heard of Vogue 73 Questions? Have you watched any of these videos? Uh, no. Okay, do you know them? Do you know what they are? No. They're no. pretty great. They're, like, very ridiculous. And basically this, like, it's, like, they're done by Vogue. They're all done in, like, one continuous take. And, like, they're sort of charming and silly. And they, like, interview a celebrity and ask, like, 76 successive questions. Usually while they're giving, like, a tour or kind of... It's, like, staged. It's, like, it's staged with the... But the qu- answers are, are real. It's sort of, like, sticky and cute. 
Um, and mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon has one from like a couple years ago. I've watched like five of them a hundred times. I can pretty much like recite them verbatim. I have some <laughs> favorites. Um, Nicole Kidman has done one and Reese Witherspoon has done one. There's some really good ones and then there's some garbage ones. Um, mm-hmm. But in Reese Witherspoon's, they were like, what's the last book you read? She was like, mm, Big Little Lies. And this was like a year and a half, two years ago. Um, oh. And so I actually knew, I had clocked then that she was like in to this genre for sure because she also at that time was producing Gone Girl so she has this sort of like interest in like you know kind of like a step above like dollar store like mystery thrillers like these sort of like book clubby addictive books with sort of like thin substance I would say Mm. um I haven't read this book but I, I have a feeling that I just have a feeling it's not like the deepest but I found the show to be great like really really great i did too did you i thought it was the si- that silence was confusing to me was <laughs> I that you're gonna keep saying something oh well that you know what can you do me a favor during that gap of silence can you edit in a wave crashing against a rock <laughs> just so we can really fill Look, in the space <laughs> here, here here are the, my initial thoughts about the series first first things first in my head, Monterey is filled with, like, homeless people and tourists. I, right. I, I didn't know it was that nice. Right. Uh, right? No, right. 100% me too. Like, my idea of Monterey was, like, an aquarium and, like, a group of crackheads that took over, like, the rest of the town. Like. Yeah. To like, me, it's, like, people on? who used to work at, like, a fish cannery and no, no longer have jobs. 100%. Although you can tell that, like, is it in Monterey? Because I can tell just from the way that they're driving that they're. Not that they're going northbound on that road mm. instead of going southbound because I would do that drive down the one all the time between Marin and Santa Cruz, and so the way they're well, driving, I'm like, okay. I think they. I mean, my parents guessed, posited a guess that they were actually in Carmel and not Monterey. Mm, interesting. Which yes. is a nicer place. Obviously. It is. It is the former um, political grounds of Mayor. Clint Eastwood, who right. um, was mayor twice, and the first time he ran on the platform of wanting to keep a local ice cream shop open, and for mm. his re-election, he ran on the platform of having kept that ice cream shop open. And it worked. Well, if twice. it works. Yeah, if it works, why, well, yeah. you know. So it gives you a sense but of what the problems are of these people. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that was my first, like, thing. I'm like, what the hell, Monterey? Secondly... Um, I'm curious as to how a local theater can afford to do a production of Avenue Q. How'd they get the rights? How do they get the rights? How do they afford to manufacture all those puppets, the scenery, to have 100%. professional level actors? I don't get it. I don't know who's, who's paying for all this. If it's a, if it, I mean, it's, it's put on by the city of Monterey. I don't understand. Right. I don't get any of it. Um, and three, like, why, why do they all have such nice, what do all these people do for a living? The houses, the literal houses, their house, like every, like the first time you see the houses, I thought it was a joke because each house would have a progressively bigger and bigger deck. Yeah. Like literally the deck got so big that by the time we saw Nicole Kidman's, it was just like an entire dinner table and like they're having breakfast there. And like, I was just like, is this house just yeah. a deck? Like what is this? I don't think we saw the same shot of the deck twice. There was like different decks each time. It was different. Like they blew, like the entire show had a deck budget. Like literally it was like, yeah. we need to pay the movie stars, but they have to be okay. Like taking half their normal salary because we're spending everything else on decks. <laughs> so like, that literally was my big little thought. decks. Good one, right? Yeah, big little decks. Big, big decks. Big, big decks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the hippie character was kind of lame. I don't know. Who, Bonnie, played by Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, I don't know. How much of the show... How much of the show should we spoil right now? Um, I mean, enough of it, right? Has it been enough time? I really... Because here's what's surprising. Everybody was watching this show. Like, really, really into it. I knew that it was going to be, like, do pretty well. But, like, compared to, like, for instance, like, The Young Pope, which sort of had a real kind of quiet moment for HBO. Like, that show was a kind of... That show's popularity was honestly before it even aired, when it was, like, a meme. And then I never heard anyone really talking about it, like, ever. Did you? 
No, but maybe we can do just like a quick rundown. So basically, the show opens up the first episode. It's like very, it's very clearly uh, that there's been like a murder. Someone's yes. murdered someone. Uh, they're kind of like it's like a bunch of shots of like the police in- investigating, like interviewing people at a charity event. Kind of gets spliced throughout the series. Um, and then, uh, you don't know, the whole thing is like, you don't know who got murdered or who murdered the person until the very last episode. Yes. And and, then, and, about... and every time they show, they cut, you know, the show is peppered with this sort of like Greek chorus of like witnesses who are characters that we see right. from the school or from the town. And they show, right. you know, they intersperse them throughout the entire series where they're kind of giving their thoughts on like the inner dynamics of the people. And yet every time they cut back mm. to like little scenes of the crime scene you never actually see any of the central women so until the end you actually don't know who it is or what it is because you don't know you don't see anyone alive right so it's just stars like reese witherspoon and nicole kidman as like moms of this very fancy public school in monterey and that's a great life but it's about uh shailene woodley's character And trying to sort of process what's going on with her. Something violent, which, which like, you know, that is one of the central mysteries of the show. So there's sort of like three mysteries. There's sort of like who gets killed, who kills them, and also who is biting Abigail? Who is like attacking this young girl, Abigail? And what's her name? Annabella? Emma Bella with an M. Oh my god, literally like white people and they're like they have so much fun with the names. Like yeah, her yes, name is Ziggy. Karen but it's with an X in the beginning and it ends with an L. <laughs> like wow. Yeah, I know. Have fun yeah. with that. But um Emma Bella's mom is played by Laura Dern who is as usual fucking amazing. She is the <laughs> best. I love... I didn't know you liked Laura Dern so much. Oh my god, dude. I have never had to say it because where has she been for so long? But Dern season is approaching. Like, we are in the thick of it. Dern I season. love Laura Dern. I love her so, 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 so much. I've always thought she's, like, pretty underrated. She has this, like... She has such a unique body. Like, her body language is so... Always so interesting. She's so skinny. Um, yeah, and her head is so skinny. big and she's so expressive. Yeah, she sort of looks like a scarecrow, to be honest. Um, and she's actually worked with two of these actresses before. She plays Reese Witherspoon's mother in Wild, which is probably Hollywood at its absolute rudest, frankly. Yeah. Don't know how they pulled that one. And then she also played Shailene Woodley's mother in Fault in Our Stars. Oh, so there's a, a lot going on there. She was on this... Laura, I fell in love with Laura Dern. I mean, I loved her in Blue Velvet, but like she didn't have really any impression on me. There's so much else about that movie that stuck with me, like a branding iron to the face. But she was what? on this two-season show called Enlightened on HBO. Did you ever see it? Have you heard of it? No, no. It's so good. It is, an, it is another one of like... HBO's like two season miracles all their best shows pretty much I think got like canceled after like if you not exclusively but like the comeback enlightened there's all these shows that just sort of like have this two-year run of like magnificence and this is one of them and it is like one of the best performances and one of the best shows HBO's done I think so I've been like in love with this bitch for a minute and she's Mm. crazy in like the first half of this show um, they're all kind of crazy, actually, a little bit. They all have a lot of inner dynamics. Reese Witherspoon and Shailene Woodley are friends, um, and they sort of have a tr- a triangle going on with Laura Dern's character. And then Nicole Kidman has, like, her own side story that kind of becomes more and more dominant. Um, right. As the I mean, her has. story, she's the victim of uh, spousal abuse. Yes. Uh, but she, like, keeps up this facade that it's, she's leading the perfect life yes it has this tendency to like reframe it as like a sexual deviancy that she also enjoys or sort of like prompts but the show sort of really she's just getting beat up she's just getting beat up and i think the show actually does a really good job of kind of like allowing that excuse to not feel necessarily true at any point in the show but it certainly sort of challenges um 
it does it's not making it's not making her seem you know it's not making fun of her for sure i mean obviously but it also yeah. isn't really um it's not it's not sort of poking at that excuse until it like deflates it sort of is a really gradual sort of awareness that she has of kind of of what's going on that are sort of pepper that is sort of processed through these like really great scenes she has with the therapist on the show um whose character whose name i actually i forget but i love that actress and those scenes are really intense. This, the scenes of abuse are sort mm. of intense, actually, I thought. Yeah, they're, they're very to hard to... Yeah. Not fun. It's a heavy... I mean, it's like a... I think the... It's a heavy show. That it deals with a bunch of heavy... Uh, heavy, um, like, subject... The subject matter is kind of, like, intense. But at the same time, it's, like, maintains this, like, kind of lightheartedness. The scenes Definitely. The kids are always funny and... I don't know. It was it was really entertaining. My dad thinks there's going to be a, a second season because it ends kind of vaguely. Yes, like it does. The, the it does detectives. end vaguely. Yes, it yeah. ends with like a the sound of a clicker and the POV of like seemingly like binoculars. So the idea is that, yeah. that you know we I don't want I don't think we should give away really what happens. But um, something that isn't a spoiler is that like through a series of events like you know I won't say like if like if all the women are like which women like stay alive but there is sort of a um almost like a herd mentality in which like you know some of the female characters kind of like group together in a you know in a show that's sort of been like so much of it has been actually about like the division of these women for like various reasons whether it's like they come together at the end they do come together in like this really amazing sequence that again don't want to spoil it but like there is this sort of moment in which so the show actually i should say um the show has um, this like really like kind of amazing um, um, it has like an ama- amazing editing like amazing style to it it's uh, directed by Jean-Marc Vallée is that I don't know yeah, if I'm saying his Quebec. name right is he from Quebec yeah he is Jean-Marc Vallée Jean-Marc Vallée yeah he directed Dallas Buyers Club which is not like a great film um, and he directed Wild which starring Reese Witherspoon which um, is also not a great film it doesn't totally work but both of these movies have this really incredible um, pace. They have this sort of kaleidoscopic feel to them, especially Wild. Mm. This one has the most in common with Wild. But, you know, the way that he he's so interested in, like, natural settings, like, he loves the sort of expanse of, like, the Pacific Northwest and Wild and the sort of, like, south or the kind of, like, middle, middle of the country in Dallas Buyers Club. And here it's, like, the West Coast and, like, Big Sur and... He has this like really great way of making everything seem very like dreamlike at times. The show doesn't mm. have too much time to like do that all. It doesn't do that all the time because there's so much plot to get through, which is actually I think when the show kind of to me has some trouble. There's you know re- one of the stories is Reese Witherspoon is engaged in this affair that sort of I found myself like kind of confused by and a little uninvested in. I thought I don't know there was like some you didn't like that story. I kind of didn't like that story because that was the story that I think I've seen the most in these stories about like women and you know wealthy mm. women and like the problems they have and like the perfect life that's not so perfect. I mean like I think it's paid off the, so well in this Sunday's finale which I thought was like really this finale is so good. I think it does such a good job of like of like raising up the show's weaknesses so that they don't even seem like weaknesses anymore. Um, they sort of just seemed like they were almost like that storyline to me was almost worth it just to get to this moment in which like, um, Reese Witherspoon is watching her husband played by Adam Scott, sing her a song. And that moment is like, so, so good. So this, this episode had the best face acting, like so much is happening with little di- Like the best moments have no dialogue in them. There's like a big revelation that happens at the very end, um, that reveals something that we've kind of been talking, trying to figure out if throughout the show yeah and the women three characters communicate it with each other exclusively just by like looking at each other and i thought yeah those were that moment was played so well and actually like i always think that stuff's bullshit like people cannot express complex things through just like eye contact like it's just like an easy way for a movie to like get information across and like make it dramatic but i actually thought like the women those three women just were so farking good in that moment and you know you know what i'm talking about um but yeah, sorry, sorry, I got off track. But anyway, like this, this show just has this sort of like kaleidoscopic feel where like things, it's so sort of like dreamy and things are kind of like, you know, it's interrupted by these cuts of like the nap of natural space and the music has this really interesting like, um, diegetic non diegetic thing where like it's 
the soundtrack is also music they're listening to, and there's yeah. a lot of silences and scenes where like, the audio is completely removed. I mean, the whole it has just a really um, it has a really great form. I think like the packaging of the show is at times stronger than the writing, but then the whole package by the very end makes the show really great to me. I think. So would you endorse it? Yes or no? I would definitely endorse it, but I do not endorse a second season <laughs> at all. Yeah, me neither. That would um, be stupid. That would be very stupid, but I do think like it's going to require a lot of self-control for HBO to not lean into a second season because it's been doing I don't think very, they will. very well. I hope not. They it's based it. on a book that really doesn't... Yeah. But I mean, look at look at Game of Thrones. Like They have no sacred care for... Um, like the literary canon of their. That's only because they out they. That's only because they fucking went quicker than the stupid ass author. Right. Well, same it. with this. They could have probably yeah, split but this. Split this is this a one off miniseries. They wouldn't be able to get Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon and all these stars back for you know they couldn't do that. It's just a one off thing. It's fine. I really I hope so. I really think that this whole limited series thing is like one of the one of my favorite types of thing right now. This like, yeah. and it's pretty much just a mini series. I mean, these things are just like they already they've just been repackaged. But we've always had mini series. But like, I love this type of storytelling that has this sort of like containedness to it. So you don't need a second season. But yeah. it's so good, great performances. Everyone should definitely watch it. And the finale is Sargard. It's Sargard. Sarfrockengard. It's Alexander Skarsgard. It's <laughs> So the, we have a the good friend. Well, it's your. I mean, it's your good friend, but I, it relates to me too. But basically, the good friend of the week is Alexa. <laughs> like literally, like, I'm, I'm in my own big little lies moment with Alexa. <laughs> yeah, Alexa from the shitty uh, Amazon Echo. <laughs> I'm loving it. So I randomly for no reason decided the other week that I wanted an Amazon Echo. Um, even though yes. I really just reject anything that is this opaque or not even opaque, the opposite is this like in your face about how much your privacy is, <laughs> is like beyond, um, unnecessary. Right. Um, and yet I have absolutely fallen head over heels with this cute little bitch. Like, I got an Amazon Echo Dot, so it looks like a little, looks like a thick sort of coaster. Have you seen it? It looks like a, it's about like an I've inch and a half fat, and it's like almost like the top part of a, of a, one of the towers. And it's so cute. I literally bought it a little sweater. You bought a sweater for a fucking tool. Yeah. It's like an, it's like a wool blue Ugh. situation. It's so cute. I got the white one. But then I just didn't like the sort of like branded Amazon logo, and I was like, wait, a sweater moment? Mm. It's I so see. cute. Okay, well, it looks like it's wearing a the, turtleneck. Well, look, my parents have the tower, and I you find You should buy it a only, big dog t-shirt. <laughs> it's useful. <laughs> that would be funny. But I find that the only way it's useful is to, like, have Alexa like time stuff for you if you're cooking. So good. Or so good for that. you can ask it, you can actually three things. So the timing, you can ask it to tell you a joke and all the jokes are fucking horrible. Hell yeah. And then in the mornings, I like to do this thing where I say, Alexa, give me the daily rundown. And it tells me like news stories. Mm, nice. Which, which news channels have you prioritized as your thing? I don't know. It's like NPR, the BBC, I think the New York Times. That's a nice way to wake up. I actually have been yeah. using it as an alarm clock and I love it. Does it go? The alarm is very like kind of jolting. And I Well, you can adjust the volume. What I kind of like about it is that it makes me look at, it delays my the gap between me looking at my phone, <laughs> which is like really great. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so I get to just yeah, be like, and, and having to speak sort of helps wake me up a little bit, I think, a little easier. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is nice. You can just kind of say, like, what time is it? Or what uh, te- what's the temperature like today? Or, like, but if you say, like, hey, Alexa, go fuck yourself, you know, she does, 
she doesn't have like witty, funny responses like Siri does. Right, definitely. But also because she doesn't you get know. things wrong as much. Like Siri has to like come up with a good report. She doesn't get anything right. Right, she sucks. Yeah, Siri is really Siri is definitely worse than Alexa. She's I, but way have worse. you seen those? Have you seen those videos of the people asking Alexa if she's connected to the CIA, and then Alexa doesn't answer anything and just turns off? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, but I tried it, and now I, I was like, Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And she's like, of course not. I work for the Amazon Corporation. Oh, my God. Bitch, you're a double agent, and you know it. Yeah. I'm, li- I'm literally scared of her. I'm, like, scared shitless of her. Like, every single time I, like, say her name and she lights so I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, she's really always listening. It's really no joke. <laughs> Like, She's totally connected to the CIA. Great music player, absolutely obsessed, but like, my God, like, what have I done here? Have you? I've actually also bought some stuff on Amazon, um, through through her. Alexa. Yeah, oh I've been doing God. a, I've been doing a little bit of that. I got some. That was the first thing I did. I got some Brita filters delivered, um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. It's really worth sacrificing every like, um, every little inch of my privacy to just have something where I can be like. Play more life by Drake, <laughs> and not have. To and you haven't anything. successfully been able to rename her Alexish. I haven't. I've been trying. I've been like Alexish Daisish, and it's like yeah. absolute silence. But right now, for instance, I'm looking at her Alexa. Hi! Oh my god! <laughs> She's so cute. I do also love like the ring of light situation. Like it's a fun moment. It is fun. Can you like ask her something just for? our audience's sake. Alexa, do you love it? I don't have an opinion on that. She doesn't have an opinion. Yeah, she doesn't have an opinion. She barely ever does. Alexa, who was the second president and what did you think of him? (laughs) I can't find the answer to the question. She's an idiot. She's an idiot. Alexa, who's the hottest president? Sorry, I don't know the answer. Oh my gosh, she's so demure. She's, yeah, she literally just so turned demure. red. She's blushing. Right. Try, bitch. She's embarrassed. You've embarrassed she's her. Embarrassed. Um, but I do think we should do Alexa updates. I'm going to let everyone know how um, how it's going how it's with going. this. This is very, uh, this okay. is not usually the kind, I really just bought it as a music situation. Like I really love it as a music player and pretty much like a small sound system, but I'm, I'm all in. Yikes. Cool. It's real okay, good. So well, good friend of the week, Alexa, I guess. Yeah, speaking of someone with a very codependent relationship. Yeah. Ugh. We go from you and Alexa to wah wah. Like Huma and Anthony Weiner. So Huma, um, for those who don't know, was who was she to the Hillary Clinton campaign? Um, she was like her, she was the campaign manager, right? She was like right. in charge of the whole campaign, right? Yes, she was. Yes, yes, yes. She was, um, she was in charge of the She was Hill campaign. Dog's like number two. Yeah, she was, um, Hillary's Kellyanne Conway, pretty much. Um, yeah. Huma Abedin. Or no, she was Hillary's, uh, she was Hillary's, uh, Steve Bannon. Um, oh, yikes. A truth. Um, she is, you know, extremely smart. Um, she has been, uh, she was deputy chief of staff when Hillary was a secretary of state. So that was even before the campaign. She's incredibly intelligent and yet has chosen to once again, (laughs) stay with Anthony Weiner and make this relationship work. Now I'm not passing judgment, God bless, but like, Chica, what exactly yeah. does this weasel have on you? You're Maybe beautiful. She she's she's too hot for him, for starters. Can we at least agree? She's beautiful. Yeah. Maybe she likes the sexting. Maybe he sexted her back. Like, does she Maybe love he, it? Like, won her back with sex. I mean, honestly, you might be right at this point. Maybe she's asking him to do it because, like, her upset, like, her inability to just, like, separate from him is, it's kind of like, girl, love yourself. Like, what is up? And they separated last year, and now she's saying they're going to get back together. So I really thought we were out of the woods on this one. But I just do not understand. Like, 
what is going on? Does she love it? Is it like literally a secret kank where she has to like release a statement and be like, I'm very embarrassed that Anthony Weiner <laughs> has done this. And then in private it's like, text that girl. Airdrop it on the flat screen. I want to watch. I want to watch you do it. Send a gift. Well, I mean, she clearly takes lessons from your girl Hillary, who stayed faithful to Tricky Dick, right. Tricky Bill, but like, for so long. This is so different. Like, at this point, if Huma wants to be, like, beloved and respected, like, she low-key needs to leave his ass. <laughs> Mm, I like, don't know, man. I don't understand. Standing behind him for what? He's a failed, he's a two-time failed mayoral candidate. She's the mm. politician. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's for, like, optics or, I, I mean, I don't know. If you were, wouldn't you have gotten rid of Bill if you were Hillary? I don't think I would have. No. I understand Hillary's endgame for sure. Um, Because Bill was... People loved Bill. I don't think yeah. people love Wiener. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Him. He's I just a joke now. He's a joke. And I also just think, like, if if we had a sense of, like, how, um, just, like, what Hillary's capabilities were as a politician then, and the conversation around, like, feminism and agency had the tenor as it does now... You know, maybe she would have played it differently. I mean, this is, of course, me completely speculating exclusively on the level of, like, you know, what it looks like on the outside. Like, I'm actually not taking into account the fact that maybe these people, like, love each other and, like, there's some obsessive, compulsive thing going on with Anthony Weiner that he is, like, having to work through and that she wants to, like, stand by. I don't know. But just in terms of, like, what it... Like, just, just in terms of that fact that this woman, like, will not leave him is it's just odd it's just a very bizarre scenario i don't i just don't i don't get the stockholm syndrome thing he also looks like a weasel yeah he really is ugly he's really horrible looking yes and she's beautiful like i don't know how he bagged her to begin with let alone at this point we've also seen his penis it's nothing to write home about like huma tell me what's going on like blink twice if you need help like i'm literally about to be the like big little lies therapist for Huma and just be like you need to find an apartment stat because if he sexted before he will sext again like the only way do you think he's uh like I'm fascinated to know what like what he occupies his time with because there's I mean he's not like he's a career politician who I mean I assume he's never gonna hold elected office ever again and he's like I can't imagine he would being a pervert so who's gonna hire him so is he just like pervy at home i mean although at this point like can't anyone just like withstand anything if they try hard enough (laughs) like yeah literally like like i think wiener's like dastardliness is like minor in comparison to any of trump's doings but i mean like i just don't think that he has like the bravado or the base who's gonna forgive him in the same way he does seem sort of like a like a done deal to me in some weird way he hasn't accomplished enough he hasn't. He has not. He has not. He you doesn't know? have any connection to people based on anything really yet. Um, but so. people, I think, have a sympathy and an eagerness to see if Huma wants to do anything, I think. Like, I'm more interested in Huma, and that's why I'm baffled that she keeps being with this person who's going to, like, I don't know, be a problem. Like, be a problem all the time. Like, Text until she's done out. until she's done with him, she's never done with him. Like, she's never going to be her own person. Like, but that depends on if she even True. wants to. Like, I don't know if she has any... If, I don't know if you've seen the doc, the Wiener, the documentary Wiener. No, I haven't. Um, it sort of becomes halfway great? through. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's about him, but she's such a huge character. And she's actually very shy and does not like, does it? you know, speaking publicly or making a lot of speeches. Like, it's not really her bag. So I don't think she's going to do a ton right. in terms of, like, actual, like, public, um, like, public policy making i think she wants to be a behind the scenes person i think a strategist or someone of that ilk is like sort of like more her bag but mm. i don't know she's also still like really i don't know she's really like objectively beautiful which unfortunately like also aids you in your political career because people sort of love being baffled by beautiful women being smart so i think it ends up sort of being this like weird advantage where people constantly act surprised all over again that you're like the most intelligent person in the room just because you have like a nice smile so i think like she could have the option of being really 
in the public eye, but until she's done with him, she's always just going to be Anthony Weiner's scorned wife who won't leave him. <laughs> but right, I don't know. And for as long as that's the case, she's going to be the devil tongue of the week. Uh... Ooh, you went long. So, you really care about this topic. Yeah. So fuck you, Huma. Fuck you, Huma. Huma, <laughs> we have sympathy for you. That's why we're telling you to fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. We care. Yeah. Well, Jack, mm. episode seven squared has been good to us. Um, I think it's been really good to you. I find myself um, with a plethora of evidence around Pizzagate and nowhere to put it, um, mm-hmm. with a sizzle reel of cameos and big little lies that are nowhere to be found. Right. And um, in a domestic... Um, chaotic domestic partnership with a robot who gives me the cold shoulder. I don't think I'm doing great, but you're doing I'm okay. Good. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like horrible that happened to me, so I think yeah. I win. Yep, I think I think so. So oh, cool. glad this double lucky episode was lucky to you, because yeah. boy was it not to me. Well, it was to me. So mm. thanks. Well, thank you to America. Thank you to Earth. Um, and. Uh... Yeah, I think we can put a bow on it, huh? I think we can just saw this little bitch down and watch the tree fall if you catch my drift. And, uh, you know, B-movie, huh? (laughs) I guess B-movie. Yeah, just B-movie.